I love all that commotion. Blessed Jesus. Um, turn again to Hebrews chapter 12. Santino told Glidell that he was in Hebrews when I left. Oh, well, so what else is new? So, anyway, we're going to start back in um, chapter or verse 22. I do want to apologize for last week. I was. I had just received the, the news of Brother Bill's passing uh, just shortly before church started, and that was weighing heavy on me, so I was distracted and disjointed in the word, so I apologize. But uh, looking at verse 22, but you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels or messengers, or ones who are sent. Now, one thing I want to clarify, when he talks about angels, he's not talking just about heavenly spiritual beings. Paul was called a messenger. Peter was a messenger. They carry good news. That makes him a messenger, all right, sent by God. So when he's talking about an innumerable company of angels, he's not just talking about the heavenly ones. He's talking about you. You are messengers. You carry his word in your life. By your word, by your very lifestyle, you are a part of his messengers. Understand? Blessed be his name. This is summarized a little bit. Um, Mount Zion represents the whole new approach from and to God. Remember, again, keep emphasizing this, but it helps. I hope it helps to uh, solidify the fact that we're in, as Bill, uh, in a time where God came and revealed himself personally to us. He wasn't a hidden God behind... He wasn't a God that was far off. He wasn't a God that was unapproachable. He came that we could touch him. We could handle him. We could hear from him. We could be touched by him. It's a whole new... We're used to that, but it's, a, it's really a whole new... It's only been 2,000 years that we could touch God. And that is a whole different paradigm than what the Old Testament was. We need to be thankful for that. He's not separated from us. He is, the Word tells us He's nigh us, even in our mouths, in our hearts, in our spirits. He is not a God afar off. The word nigh there means right like this. He's not across the room. You gotta hear this. We need him. 
to be near us. We need him that we can whisper and he's there. Can you understand that? Too many of the times we, we think we have to be so good for him to hear us. And let me ask you parents, does the cry of your, your child, do you weigh that and say, have they been good enough for me to answer that? Well, when you hear the cry, whether they may be they're crying out because they've done something wrong and they're in trouble, but what do you do? You go to them. How much more our Heavenly Father, who is the prototype of all fathers and mothers with his love. He's not a God afar off. He comes in his great love to us. Whatever situation we're in, blessed be his name. So we're working in a whole new approach from, uh, uh, from God. The New Jerusalem and Mount Zion represent a new, uh, a new creation people who have so laid hold of, of the Lord that sin does not rule as king in their lives. See, this is a whole new thought. Again, in the Old Testament, there wasn't only ability to resist evil and so forth was in your will. The Holy Spirit wasn't there resisting. Can you understand that? He had not come. It was a matter of fear and obedience. If you obeyed, he walked with you. If you didn't obey, he did not. He became a God afar off. How would you like to live under that system? I wouldn't. But these, he has given us the ability, and let me just, I got a little reference there, and let me just flip to it here in, in Romans 6. Oh, this, I just want to read this, starting at verse 3. Knowing that so, uh, so many of you that were baptized into Christ, Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, you are buried with him by or by the means of, it's actually dia, which means through baptism unto death, that like unto, as Christ was raised from among the dead, through the glory of the Father, even so you also should walk in newness of life. I like what Amplified says, habitually live and behave. See, this isn't a, being buried with him is not a one-time experience. Salvation is not a one-time experience. We have been saved and we are being saved. There's a process. God has, God has changed our wanter. Anybody's wanter been changed? Blessed be his name. We'll pray for you, the ones that aren't, haven't have a water, want or change. 
Let's continue here, please, just quickly. For if you've been planted together in the likeness of his death, you shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Christ, that the body of sin might be destroyed or made of none effect. That henceforth we should not serve or be a bond servant of uh, sin. Now the important part of that thought is bond servant, which means is a servant that loves serving what he's the person he's serving. When we were in sin, we probably didn't we didn't realize necessarily it was sin, but we loved doing it. Well. It hasn't been that long, people. We didn't see. There was no such thing as being angry and sin not. We just got angry. Well, there was no such thing as thou shalt not bear false witness. We lied with course whenever it was convenient, right? We served that sinful nature willingly and with great abundance, enthusiasm. But Christ, for he that is dead is freed from, acquitted from, uh, sin no longer has claims on them. I love that. Blessed be his name. Let's drop down to verse 12. Let, sin, uh, let not sin therefore reign as uh, in your mortal bodies, reign as king, that should you obey the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments unto righteousness, unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those who are alive from among the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion, again, lordship over you, for you're no longer under the law, but under grace. It says, do not yield Again, I've said it so many times, it simply means place yourself beside. Don't put, put yourself in a place. Well, I'm, I'm better than that. I, I know not to do that anymore, and then put yourself in that place. My God. I said, but yield yourself to God and to the Holy Spirit. My Holy One. Don't, don't push, put yourself in a place or in the company of people that are going to entice you to sin. Well, 
when you come to know, know the Lord, there has to be some separation. You, can't, you may not be able to hang around with the same people you hung around with before. Well, because corrupt, corrupt people cause corruption. If you're not strong enough to step away from them, you're certainly not strong enough to be with them. Well, well, they're my family and so forth. I understand that. I, I mean, some of them may be. But do not throw your lot in with them. Do not condone and don't join in with, what, with their sin. I'll move on because no one likes that one. They are people that have his name in their, uh, and his father's name written in their foreheads and in their thinking. In Revelation 14:1, the word is in fact written upon, and it's as you would write on a piece of paper. There is that uh, indelibleness about it, something that cannot be erased. And his name, when it talks about the name, the word name there is is the word that means the nature. When, um, well, if I said Bobby, there's a picture who Bobby is in your mind. All his characteristics, his ability to play drums, his love for the Lions and the U of M football team, and they let him down this year, and, and he's sad. But that comes with the picture of Bobby and all the, his, his love for, for people and all these things. All the, the attributes of his nature uh, arise in your mind when you hear his name. Okay? So when we come to the Lord and we're baptized in his name, we have, we're a new creation and there's a new name written. Hear me. There's a new nature written in your mind. and in the, You no longer do things as you did before, but you do things under the dictation of the Holy Spirit. There is a nature change. Can you hear this? Blessed be his name. What we chose to do before, we no longer... Paul, Paul said, the things I did before, I no longer desire to do. Your nature, your, your, your desires will change. But again, you have to yield to that. There's a yielding of our old ways to the Lord and exchange them for His ways. Let's continue here. There's a no, new mode of worship which flows not from our natural being, from, the, uh, from their hearts and their spirits. You know, we can come here <clears throat> and enjoy the songs and, uh, you know, maybe even raise our hands and say, you know, get caught up in, into the, in the spirit of, in the house and not touch your spirit. You can be going along with everybody else, 
and your praise get no, long, no higher than the top of your head. Well, Pastor, I'm not going to do that. Well, if it doesn't come from the innermost being, see, your worship has to drop from here into your spirit and your heart and the innermost being. That's what touches God's heart. If you're just singing it out of your mouth, it's not going any higher than the ceiling. But if you're singing it out of the innermost love and admiration for him, and God, I really love you. See, I can, I can come over here. I'll pick on this side now. See. I love you, what's your name? <laughs> but there's a difference of saying, I love you, and saying, I love you. Your trouble is my trouble. I, I pull from your strength, and I give you my strength. I won't leave you or forsake you. And he knows that. He's a little contrary, but I still love him. <laughs> Can you understand what I'm saying? There's a nature, there's a desire to give um, adoration to the Lord and to please his heart, not just do a religious thing. And maybe that's the easiest way I can say this. It goes beyond being re religious to being a necessity to glorify him and to bless his holy name. That's a, that's a worship change. Around the throne room, it's holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. They're not just doing it. Holy, holy, holy. It's holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, with all of their being. Sorry, I scared some of you. No, I'm not. I want to get the point across. We should put our whole being to our worship. Blessed be his name. They follow the will and the purpose of the Lord, the Lamb, wherever he leads them. Again, a Revelation 14, 4, this 144,000 that's with the Lamb on Mount Zion. See, God is giving us that picture. The Lord's giving us that picture because that's his purpose for his people, for them to be where he is, in a position of overcoming, in a, 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 a picture and a provision of absolute victory in him. An overcoming people that have overcome sin, sickness, disease, and death. In him. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Now this physical body may die, 
but what is really me doesn't. It doesn't. We continue to live in his presence. And how you, we don't like hearing this either, but in the great white throne judgment, when they open the books, you are judged by deeds you did in the body, whether good or evil. By the way, God is a very good record keeper. You know, when you slipped around and did this or that, it is written. And the only way it's no longer written is when it's covered and removed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We can either have a list of sins we have done or we can have a blank sheet. He blots it out. My God. Let's continue here. This overcoming first fruit company have no guile, no deceit. There's no lie in their tongue and in their lives, and they are faultless before the throne of God. Hebrews 9.14 says this, How much more shall the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? We have no excuse. He's done it for us. We are cleansed if we accept the cleansing. And I don't know about you, but I've had to be cleansed more than once. He tells me he hasn't. But <laughs> I'll go to the true source. <laughs> I like you sitting up front like this. <laughs> Next week he'll be in the back row. <laughs> That's why Daryl stays back there. <laughs> Blessed be his name. He cleanses our conscience. See, our problem is, too many times, we still bear the weight of things we have done that God doesn't remember. It's true. He looks at us. We look at ourselves in the mirror and see this one great big thing that we did that we, we now so much regret, but it hangs there. And God looks at us, and we come back to him and say, well, God, forgive me of that. And he says, what are you talking about? Seriously. When he forgives, he forgets. What part about buried in a sea of his forgetfulness don't you understand? And the reality is if you're holding yourself still guilty and still accountable for that which he has forgiven and removed, then you're putting yourself above God and saying, I'm 
better than God because I still hold myself accountable for that. And he says, I don't. Your slate has been wiped clean. What are you doing? Still living under that condemnation that comes from Satan and not for the, from the forgiveness which comes from God. I just, it, that concept just blows my mind that because the God who can't forget anything chooses, chooses to hold us not accountable and forget all of our sins and trespasses. We need to lay hold of that as never before because this world is it's bent on accusing us, tormenting us on our past because Satan wants to do that because he's afraid if he doesn't, then you're going to do something for God that he doesn't like. So who, whose opinion are you going to receive? The opinion of Satan? Whose report are you going to believe? Satan's report or God's report? Who says, you're my child, you're my son, my daughter, my very presence and nature's within you. Go and do what I tell you to do because you are worthy because I have made you worthy. My God, too many times we don't do stuff because we don't think we have the ability to do it. Thirty-two years ago, thirty-two and a half years ago, when Glido and I accepted the commission of the Lord saying, you're going to be pastor, we both knew we had no ability to do it. In fact, because being raised in a pastor's home, I knew what it cost, and I said, I wasn't so thrilled with the idea. I'm sorry. But God had to convince me. Is this all right? I'm the he had to lay hold of me, and this may feel strange, but finally had to have the Holy Spirit squeeze my heart and said, will you obey me? Can you hear that, please? In the natural, this was the last thing I wanted to do. I didn't like public speaking, didn't like getting up in front of people. I'm a one-on-one -on -one type talker, and he put me totally out of my comfort zone. And now the place where I'm most comfortable is behind the pulpit. Now that's a nature change. So what's your excuse? Well, all God needs is a willing heart. He'll take care of the rest. He'll put the words in your mouth. He'll put the nature within you that you need to carry the word or whatever he's desiring you to do. Don't let the fear of what might happen prevent you from stepping out and what, because when God says step out, a lot of times he tells you to step out on thin air. But once you do, there's something solid there for you to stand on. If first there be a willing heart, Let's continue quickly, please, here.
Hebrews 3.12. Where, brethren, unless any of you, in, uh, any of you, uh, unless there be in, in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Can you hear that? That unbelief in our part can separate us from him. Not eternally damned, please hear me, but lack of faith. See, everything we do for the Lord, everything we do uh, toward him takes one word, faith. Because none of us feel qualified to do it. And, let, and seriously, none of us naturally are qualified. It has to, if you're working in your own strength, that's not going to work. Paul said it again, when I am weak, then he is strong. when we realize that we cannot do it, is the best time for God to be able to do it. Amen, Brother Chuck. Thank you. First, uh, 1 Peter 2.9 For you are a chosen race, a, a priesthood, a kingly heritage, a lineage, excuse me, a holy nation, a people belonging specially to God, that you may know the perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Anybody know what that, anything about that? Has you called you out of darkness into his marvelous light? Blessed be his name. See, I was in religious darkness. I was raised not only in a Christian home, but in a pastor's home. Please hear me. But I still had to make my own decision. There was, I'm the youngest of three sons. Two of the sons chose to walk in the ways of the Lord. One of them didn't. He died of his fourth heart attack at 39 years old because he was running from God, trying to do anything and everything in opposition to what he had been taught. And he knew better. Because I remember, because I was working with him and one night when we were eating dinner together after a job, he told Glidell and I were sitting there and he said, Chuck, you and Glidell are doing the right thing. You're raising your ch children in church and in the ways of the Lord. And I didn't. Please hear me. And 
To this day, I thank the Lord that our children are serving God. His do not. In a form, yes, but don't really know their God. Parents, it makes a difference how you live. For the next generation, from generation to generation, what you do with carefulness. We were, Glidell and I were just talking about this the other day. And it start, she start, said, well, I know, talking about uh, the parents of a, a woman she knows, and said, I know, I know that um, in all likelihood, this uh, gentleman probably took a glass of wine at, at Christmas. And his daughter drank wine with dinner. And I'm just not picking on this. I'm just using this as an illustration. Her daughter and her children drink a lot. A lot of wine and hard liquor. But how did it start? With a glass of wine on Christmas. Well, you can hear a pin drop here. What are you doing? What are you licensing yourself to do that God hasn't approved? Because the, the Satan comes in and says, well, you deserve to do this. And repercussions from generation after generation after generation. Well, that's just one example. I can give you others. Jesus, help me. Verse 12. Conduct now to the Amplified. Conduct yourselves properly, honorably, and righteously among the Gentiles. Hmm. It didn't say among the church. You notice that? It said among the Gentiles. The unbelievers. Heathen, yes. So that although they may slander you as evildoers, yet they may... Uh, by witnessing your good deeds, come to glorify God in the day of inspection, or when God shall look up, uh, upon you wanderers as pastors, as a pastor or a shepherd looks over his flock. My God. See, the, the shepherds knew their flock so well that they knew if one was missing. They knew them by name. They knew his voice, and another they will not 
follow. But when they followed another, it meant at best danger and worst death. Ephesians 5.22 says this, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, fruitfulness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If you live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit is not just an experience. It's a lifestyle. You don't get baptized in the Holy Spirit or be filled with the Holy Spirit once in your life and call it good. As Pastor Clark was saying and encouraging this morning, it's a daily time before him where you set yourself aside for him for that day and well I know when I have spent time with the Lord and when I haven't because of the day my way, my, the way my day is going anybody know what I'm talking about if you don't you need to try to start your day with the Lord and see what a difference it makes Well, the heavenly Jerusalem. Galatians 4.26 says, But the Jerusalem above is free, and the mother of us all. It was a comparison there of, of um, Mount Sinai, which was the, the law, and the new Jerusalem, which is from above. Sinai was from the earth and earthy, the New Jerusalem is not talking about Jerusalem and Israel, but the New Jerusalem, the city of God, that's coming down from heaven. Its source, it's coming down from its source, heaven. Let's continue here. Philippians 3.20 For our citizenship is in heaven. Ultimately, you are not citizens of the United States. You're citizens of the New Jerusalem. Amen? From the heavenly Jerusalem. King James says your conversation, your manner of life, your citizenship is from above. Are you living in the full authority and privilege of a citizen of heaven. It's available to you. Again, it's your choice. Blessed be his name. Revelation 3.12 He who overcomes will I make him a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go no more out. Think about that. Go no more in and out of his presence. But stand there as a pillar, a support in the house of the Lord. He that overcomes. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, 
the new Jerusalem, which comes down from heaven from my God, and I will write on him a new, <clears throat> again, a new kind or unprecedented name. And we touched on it before. That which, when we say that name, we have that picture of who that person is. Okay? Let's continue here quickly. In Revelation 21, to, uh, verse 2. Then I, John, saw the, the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Verse 10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great, uh, the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Getting the picture. This new Jerusalem which is in the kingdom of God is coming down. The Amplified says, uh, verse 27, but nothing that defiles nor profanes or is unwashed shall ever enter it, talking about the new Jerusalem, nor anyone who commits abominations, unclean, detestable, morally repugnant things, or practices falsehood. Hmm. Think of all the things that he listed, all these reprehensible things, and it says, and who practices falsehood shall not enter into the city. It's just a little lie. And we excuse ourselves at times. Or actually, you can speak a lie or you can live a lie. You can put forth a... a an atmosphere, a, a picture, a, a portrait of yourself as being one thing and be something else. That's living a lie. And by the way, you can be saved and do that. Well, to an innumerable company of angels, Revelation 5.11 then I looked and I heard a voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, which are millions, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength, honor and glory and blessing. This is the attitude. This is a perspective that our worship should come from. We need to get in, if I can say it this way, we need to get in harmony with an angelic host that's in the throne with him. Jude 14 says, Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also saying, Behold, the Lord comes with or among in the midst of ten thousands of his saints. That's not only at the end of times, that's now. He comes in the midst of us. Wherever you go, 
the Christ goes with you. And it's your choice whether you manifest him or not. Whether you yield to him and stand up for what is right or not do something that is no one's looking so I can get away with a thing. Can anybody hear me this morning? If we're going to qualify for the highest in God, it means that we have to forsake things that we have doing or could be doing in our lives now. Or hear me seriously, what you do here is a foretelling portion of what you, who and where you'll be there. Because God doesn't draw iniquity to his bosom. He doesn't draw, draw uh, lukewarmness to himself. He says he spews that out of his mouth. God help us not to be lukewarm. God help, God help us to be warm or hot for him. He likes to have a warm drink I'd say coffee. My beloved wife loves her Timmy Hortons in the morning. <laughs> she loves it so much. A week or so ago, she, she wore some. <laughs> and the Lord was gracious. She had a really b bad burn on her wrist. The Lord healed it, and it's doing well. There's no more tenderness and skin's coming back well and so forth, so on. But even in our lapses of wisdom, he's there. You laugh, but you all have, when I said that, there's something popped in your minds of, yeah, I can relate to that. I did something stupid just recently. I'm glad God doesn't require us to be super intelligent and error free but he does require us not to continue in error okay not continue in error blessed be his name he's called us to Mount Zion called us to the new Jerusalem called us above that which is normal Christianity he's called us to be overcomers he says to them that overcometh will grant to sit with me in my throne even as I sat with my father in his throne there's a place beside him in his throne for a people that will qualify themselves I'll allow him to qualify them and all it all comes down to how much do you yield yourself to the Spirit of God? How much will you allow Him to work in and through you? Let's stand, please. Blessed be His name. Now, please stay for lunch. I'm assuming by now they've got it pretty much all set up.
seem to scurrying back and forth here in the house. So, uh, um, so let's go ahead and just bless the food right now as we close off to, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Thank you very much. Our, uh, you guys were stellar. Coming and, uh, we had no clue who, how many were coming or anything, and you all just pitched in and uh, took a huge load off my beloved wife and did an excellent job. The families uh, were very, very happy, and uh, they were just talk, telling Glido and uh, how much they appreciated it and how much they, they could sense the love in the house. And just uh, so it was a good witness. It was an extremely good witness um, to that family. So we thank you for that. And Lord Jesus, we just ask you, come, my God, and seal this word to our hearts. Truly, my God, help us, my Holy One, to run hard after you. To run in step with you. To serve you with our whole hearts. Not with just partial obedience, but with total obedience. For Lord, we, we desire to be where you are. We desire, my God, to come forth as well done, good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joys of your Lord. And Lord, we thank you that when we are weak, you're strong. When we think it's impossible, you say there's nothing too hard for me. Help us, my Lord, to enter into your strength, not ours. And we ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Well, bless you. The, um, the food should be ready shortly.